This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, what's good? It's Blair Angulo once again, and welcome back to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. We've got a packed show for you after a busy weekend in recruiting. But first, please remember to rate, subscribe, and leave a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. We are getting very close to a mailbag episode, so if you have a question for Steve Wiltfong, for Greg Biggins, for Brandon Huffman, for Andrew Ivins, who will join the show in a bit, uh, please get them in in a five-star review, and we will have a chance to record a mailbag episode coming soon. We're about to check in with Steve Wiltfong as well. He is the director of recruiting for 24-7 Sports, and we will discuss a recent crystal ball pick that he made for a Pac-12 program that continues to rise in the recruiting rankings we'll also discuss a new commitment for Notre Dame and a couple other players that made their decisions this past weekend to play their football in the Big Ten Andrew Ivins will then join the show after the break he covers recruiting in the Sunshine State and he will discuss what Clemson is getting a new four-star commitment Troy Stellato uh, as well as what Florida State is getting in a new in-state commitment a four-star cornerback that they picked up but before we get to that let's begin with the kickoff Slowly but surely, we're beginning to see a light at the end of the tunnel. The recruiting dead period continues, and it will currently run through the end of July. But based on uh, what we're able to see nationally, there's been some new events. I made it out to a showcase this past weekend in Southern California. I think the next phase of reopening is a good sign and a good thing for recruits as they start to get more reps more opportunities to put film together, uh, video that they can send coaches. So it's all a positive step as we continue to you know, enter that next phase of reopening. Uh, Greg Biggins was also there. We got to see Corey Foreman, the number one player in the 24-7 sports composite for the 2021 class. He's a former Clemson commit who is also considering the likes of Georgia and LSU and USC. You can catch all the coverage over at 24-7 sports and uh, on Greg Biggins' Twitter account will – he will he will be updating and providing the the latest in his recruitment. We also got to see Damani Jackson, the one of the top defensive backs in the 2022 class. Kyron Ware Hudson and Jaden Odd, a pair of Oregon commits, were there. There was also a lineman camp in the state of Utah. There was a seven on seven in the state of Arizona. Andrew Ivins made it out to a workout in the state of Florida. I mean, there's things that are popping up everywhere in the country so the wheels are beginning to roll on some of these events and like I said it's significant now recruits are able to put things together coaches are able to evaluate a little bit closer and it's going to be obviously a positive step as we continue into the summer months. Switching gears now let's head over to Steve Wolfong the director of recruiting for 24-7 sports. You could follow him on Twitter at swiltfong247. Steve how are you doing? Man, Blair, doing well. I see your show climbing up the charts, and I love, I love it. 
I, I must say that that has a lot to do with you. I mean, you you had the star power, right? You kicked it off to, to begin this new podcast feed that we've launched over at 24-7 Sports. And uh, you had a, a big a big role in that. So let, let's continue to climb the charts. And obviously, it's been, it's been quite a, a bit of fun the last few weeks to, to get this feed going. Yeah, man. You know who else is climbing the charts here is these Oregon Ducks. And uh, we tag-teamed a crystal ball pick. Uh, uh, for them at the tight end position in Terrence Ferguson over the weekend. Yeah, a, a, a tight end from Heritage High School in Littleton, Colorado. He, he's got a you know he's got a lot of upside. He's a player that has drawn attention and offers from all corners of the country. He had the likes of Auburn, uh, Wisconsin, Tennessee, USC, Oregon. Those were all the five that are in his top five currently. Uh, he told me recently he wants to make his decision known and he wants to reveal that choice on the weekend of June 20th. So that gives him about two weeks to settle everything. But based on what you're hearing, based on what I'm hearing, just based on the feel of the recruitment, it does look like Oregon could potentially be landing another very highly coveted prospect at the tight end position to add to Maliki Matavao in this 2021 class. Oregon has the number 10 recruiting class in the 24-7 sports composite, number two in the Pac-12. But if you look at average ranking per commit of the top 10 programs uh, in those rankings, they actually sit at number four. Terrence Ferguson's almost had 2,000 receiving yards the past two years combined with, with 20 touchdowns, so very productive tight end. Tight end's a big position in need for Oregon this cycle. They didn't take one last year. They have Maliki Mataveo committed. He's number four player nationally at the position. Terrence Ferguson's a, a big stock up guy for us uh, at, at 24-7 Sports. He's a 24-7 Sports composite four-star. And when we update our rankings on the uh, third Wednesday uh, of June, uh, third Wednesday of every month, you can catch a, a top two, four, seven player ranking update at 24 seven sports. Terrence Ferguson is, is, is stock up in this Oregon class on offense uh, in general quarterback. Ty Thompson is going to be another stock up guy for us. Uh, they, they have Kyron Ware Hudson committed who you saw in camp uh, on Saturday. Be curious your thoughts on him, but look like he, he was terrific in camp and, and, and Maliki Matabeo is one of the more coveted tight ends in the country. If they can add Terrence Ferguson to this group and if they can add Troy Franklin and, 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 and the worthy kid out of Fresno and, and the Thornton kid, Dante Thornton out of uh, uh, Maryland, uh, who they're trending for, all these guys on the 24-7 sports crystal ball. Yeah, and that and that's the thing with with Oregon, right? They're they're capitalizing on that Pac-12 championship. They're capitalizing on their Rose Bowl victory. They have a lot of momentum in recruiting. I don't know if there's a staff that is as, as energetic as that Oregon staff on the trail. And and right now, despite the the pandemic, despite the fact that we don't have in-person visits or in-person evaluations or or all that, you can see that their effort is paying off. I you know when when. When you're talking about Terrence Ferguson specifically and what he could bring to this class, when you add him to a Matavao, who is who is more of an inline tight end, he's he's a more physical, he's probably a bit more advanced as a blocker. Um, I think more traditional in that sense, right? And I think Terrence could give them a more athletic option, a guy that could flex out wide, a guy that they could you know put a put closer to the red zone and make him, you know, make a play against some mismatches against linebackers in space, things like that. So uh, when, when you put together two tight end groups in, in a class, you you like some variance. And I think that's what uh, he gives them. You mentioned Kyron Ware Hudson. I saw him at the winner's circle athletics, top 100 showcase 
a lot more physical than I remember him during the season. A, a guy that you could really tell that during this quarantine, during the the ongoing recruiting dead period, has been putting in work in the weight room. So you add you add him to that list that's already committed, and then you you think about the offensive line class that they're bringing in as well. Um, this has the potential to be uh, you know right up there as the number one class in the Pac-12. Well, it's going to be a top five offensive line class. You add Xavier Worthy, who's one of the fastest receivers in the country. He's announcing later this month in June, uh, 24-7 sports crystal ball, heavy for Oregon. Dante Thornton's one of the fastest receivers in the country at six foot four. Uh, the quarterback, Ty Thompson, has to be very excited about this potential class that uh, could be joining him at Oregon. So we're going inside the crystal ball there with Terrence Ferguson. Now let's break down some things that have already happened. There's been a handful of commitments in your neck of the woods this this weekend. Notre Dame landed Ryan Barnes, a, a high upside, kind of a long-framed cornerback. Uh, what do you think the, the Fighting Irish are getting in Ryan Barnes? Well, Ryan Barnes, six foot two, 180 pounds, uh, adds to a Notre Dame recruiting class that ranks number 11 nationally. And, and, and Barnes told me that Notre Dame recruited him as the guy that could play all five positions in the secondary form. Potentially, you turn on the film and you see him um, fly into the football. Uh, you see the instincts. You see the range. You see uh, the the body type and and you see him hitting uh, and so he's a guy that checks a lot of boxes for what defensive coordinator Clark Lee and, and his staff is looking for on the trail and and this is a guy that had over 30 scholarship offers so he was highly recruited uh, he's a Notre Dame type kid these are the guys that Notre Dame can't let get away if they want to remain in in the playoff hunt there's a lot of developmental uh, upside there with Ryan Barnes and I think it was a good pickup for the Irish when you dissect that a little bit further, and they already have a cornerback committed prior to Ryan Barnes, and we were talking off air about Philip Riley a bit, how do you think they complement each other? How do you think they both fit into the class? Well, I think Philip Riley's uh, definitely, he's your cover corner. He, he's your, he's your guy. He's, he's going to be a corner uh, uh, for the Irish, where I think that Ryan Barnes brings uh, more versatility. They also have Justin Walters uh, committed a safety uh, from the, from the Chicagoland area. But I, I think that these are guys that bring that physicality in, in that body type. Um, Notre Dame is a developmental program, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. And, and these are guys that I think have high ceilings. And you're excited about that when you look at Notre Dame's strength and conditioning program. It's been one of the best in college football the last few years when you see the way that these uh, guys have developed and, and then come to the NFL combine and, and laid down some big numbers. So uh, these are guys that I know that they're excited to get their hands on at South Bend and we'll see what they can do with them. Nebraska, which came into the weekend with eight commitments added to that group. They're number 10 right now in the Big Ten team rankings uh, on the recruiting composite uh, at 24-7 Sports. And they landed Seth Malcolm, a three-star linebacker from the state of Iowa, uh, to kick off the weekend. I like what the Huskers have done in recent classes. Obviously, they're off to a slower start than some of the other Big Ten schools. But uh, when you add in a Malcolm, when you when you have a, a class that's that's maybe growing in, in the way that it's going right now, especially with Scott Frost and and you know their inability right now not to get players on campus, I think that's been a uh, maybe one of the the, the roadblocks for this staff. Uh, you know, what do you think this entails with with Nebraska getting a, a guy like Seth Malcolm? Well, in this new age of recruiting, where uh, schools aren't able to have prospects on campus at least through July 31st per this mandated. NCAA dead period, 
uh, we're seeing recruits get out on the road, Blair, and, and drive and visit campuses on their own and just walk around. And I think that these coaches are telling, uh, giving them an itinerary of sorts. Here's, here's what the spots you should hit uh, while you tour this place yourself. But Seth Malcolm had been to Nebraska before back in January, but he actually, uh, him and his family drove to uh, Manhattan, Manhattan, Kansas, and, and checked out Kansas State and went back through Lincoln one more time before making his decision. He's six foot three, 195 pounds. I encourage you all to turn on his film just because you're not going to watch very much eight man football film. Uh, I think this was a projection uh, for Nebraska. I think they see an, uh, a, a body type and athleticism that, that they can mold. Uh, it's a big year for them uh, at linebacker and on the edge this cycle. That's uh, I mean, you look at their, uh, a nine-player class. Uh, they they have four guys that, that fit that mold. I, I think that there's a lot of productive football players in this class. Seth Malcolm's one of them. Do, you have to be a two-way guy when you're playing eight-man football, but over 12 yards of carry had like 80 tackles uh, on defense. But you add them to Christopher Paul out of Chris County, Georgia, who had over 150 tackles last year. Or, or Patrick Payton out of Miami, uh, Florida, who had 17 and a half sacks last year. And then Randolph Kapai, uh, a linebacker out of South Dakota, who I think film really pops with the way he accelerates and hits. Uh, I think it's a good second-level class for Nebraska right now. Yeah, so when you're looking at some of this eight-man film, what, what you know, when you're kind of looking at uh, the eight-man football, it's a it's a tougher to gauge how good a player is. But if he is playing eight-man, you would expect him to dominate. And there were some moments during that film that I I felt like Seth Malcolm obviously is is deserving of of all the praise and and the offers that he had landed. Uh, so I think Nebraska is getting a, a good player there. Obviously, it's not his fault, right, that he's playing eight-man football, and, and that is kind of how it falls for him. Uh, staying in the Big Ten, Indiana also picked up a commitment from Trenton Howland, a three-star athlete from Joliet, Illinois. He's a, a player who's a high three-star, uh, a top 40 athlete in his class, a top 10 prospect in the state uh, for his class, and a player that we're higher on than the composites. Yeah, I think that Indiana has one of the low-key – maybe low key's not the right word. I think Indiana has one of the better running back rooms in the Big Ten right now when you look at their starter, Stevie Scott. They have Samson James behind him, and then they go out here in this class and land, land thunder and lightning here, and Trenton Holland's the thunder, six foot two, 218 pounds, rushed for over 1,500 yards for Joliet West. They're in the Chicago land, a multi-sport athlete that, that plays above the rim, uh, and he'll compliment David Holloman out of Avondale, Michigan, uh, Avondale High in, in Auburn Hills, Michigan, there in the Detroit area, who's got verified 4-3 speed in, in the 40-yard dash. So I think Mike Hart, uh, Indiana's running backs coach, continues to prove uh, year in and year out that he is not only one of college football's up-and-comers at, at coaching the position where he was obviously a fantastic player himself. Mike Hart's the last Michigan running back drafted. You have to go back to the – uh, Mike Hart getting drafted for the last time Michigan's had had a, had a player drafted at the position, uh, uh, but now he's he's helping develop draft picks and, and he's recruiting guys that have the potential to be draft picks down the road and, and this is another one. I was able, Steve, before I let you go, uh, to to kind of scratch that itch this last weekend and get out to a showcase. We touched on it earlier here in Southern California. There was a a big event, a big showcase that was broadcast live on on various social media platforms. 
how, how close are some of these places in the Midwest or, or across the country? What are you hearing about the camp circuit as a whole as, as you know, America continues to reopen and, and, and enter the next phase? Well, there's a couple groups in Indiana where I live. I'm in the Indianapolis area trying to host some things. There's something going on in Fort Wayne, I believe, next weekend. Alan True, our colleague, mentioned to me uh, in passing last week that I think there's an event going on in Michigan. So, I mean, these kids are itching to get out there and and compete and and, uh, um, trying to get – and then there's obviously other young men that are trying to get exposure. I mean, Chiron Ware Hudson, he didn't really need to go to that camp. Uh, but he dominates, and, and we get to see him, and it, and it leaves a good impression on us. But I'm sure you all saw some guys that were younger uh, that were able to make a name for themselves, and and, and um, you all will write, write them up in the top performers. And, and there's all kinds of kids like that itching to, to get out there and, and compete and get some exposure because they weren't able to this spring, and college coaches weren't able to get on the road and, and see these younger players, whether it's spring football or workouts at their school, depending on what part of the country they're in. And uh, I think uh, there's going to be a big seven-on-seven. I think Pylon's having a big seven-on-seven in Texas next weekend. So I think we're going to see more more of these events and and hopefully uh sooner rather than later a more normalcy uh and uh, a lot more events to pick and choose uh to go to and hopefully we'll be able to get out on the road and get on some airplanes soon and and go see some of these events Uh, i agree yeah i thought that was a a big takeaway for a lot of families a lot of recruits that were able to make it to to this event is is having maybe that glimmer of of what you know the the changes could bring and, and getting back to normal so uh thank you so much steve for joining us man i i really appreciate it blair keep up the good work man take care and and we'll talk to you soon all right, that's Steve Wiltfong, the director of recruiting for 24-7 Sports. Again, you could follow him on Twitter at SWiltfong247. Stay right here. We're about to catch up with Andrew Ivins to discuss all the latest in the state of Florida. You are listening to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We are back here on the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. We're going to Florida now, joined by Andrew Ivins. He covers recruiting in the Sunshine State. Andrew, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man. Um, just made it out to the beach over the weekend. It was a little cloudy, but they finally have opened those back up. So uh, I'm I like taking, it. Yeah. You're getting some rays. We had Rusty Manziel on last week, and he had just gone to the lake uh, out, out in Georgia, and he had gotten some some sun as well. So it's uh, it's kind of getting to that point, right, where we're all itching to get outside, get some sun rays, uh, you know, catch the breeze a little bit, get out of the house. Um, and, and, you know, it's been interesting because I was just talking to Steve Wolfong about this. I went out to an event for the first time in, in several months this last weekend to, to see some some players in a showcase out here in Southern California. You did the same out in the, in the state of Florida, and you got to see a, a ton of talent along the defensive line. Yeah, I uh, we're kind of still in these reopening phases. I don't really know which one we're in yet, but down here in South Florida, uh, the high schools can't get together. So a lot of these kids 
are working out with, with different trainers or, or groups. And uh, I just reached out to a guy and he, he said, yeah, why not come on by? So I didn't really know what I was getting into. And, and I show up and there's like five four-star defensive linemen all working out. I'm like, this is, this is absolutely awesome because uh, these are guys I all need to talk to. And it's just nice to actually evaluate and, and see someone move in person. I mean, I'm all about the huddle and the tape, but it's nice to actually see individuals and more importantly, like talk face-to-face with kids. I think it's, it's a lot easier to do our jobs when you can do that and instead of having to do it over the phone. Yeah, hundred percent. There's a there's a kid that we obviously want to talk about, Shamar Stewart. We'll get uh, in depth on on him in a little bit, but definitely wanted to start on on some recruiting activity that went down in the state of Florida this last weekend. Uh, let's let's kick it off with Clemson going back into the sunshine sunshine state to to get a commitment, um, and, and they do so, you know, in, in kind of in a resounding fashion. Yeah. So on on Friday. Uh, Clemson beat out Ohio State and plenty of others for Troy Stilato. He's a four-star wide receiver uh, out of Fort Lauderdale Cardinal Gibbons High School. He's a, a burner, man. Uh, he really first came onto the scene the spring before his junior season. He ran a four-four-two on the lasers at one of those opening regionals. That got him in the fastest man race. I think he, he was against some kid who signed with Ohio State legend, Cavajos, I think. So, so that put Troy on the map. He had a productive season um, as a junior at Cardinal Gibbons, and then his stock really just kind of exploding, and, and more and more schools were after him. Uh, didn't really get a chance to take many visits. There was talk of him taking an official visit to Ohio State. Like That's what he wanted to do, but I think this is a big get um, just because they were able to battle it out with the Buckeyes for a guy that Buckeyes wanted, and Obviously, Ohio State will be fine. I mean, they they have signed some great receivers in, in recent years, and um, they're, they're still in play for some other notable guys. Uh, but it, it's an impressive win because Jeff Scott, who was the primary recruiter for most of the recruiting process on Troy, you know, he left for the head coaching job at USF. So for Dabo Sweeney and his staff to still pull this one off, I think is uh, it's pretty notable. Yeah, so Stellato joins a receiver group in this class so far that has Dakari Collins, a a four-star receiver from Atlanta, Georgia, and then they also have four-star wide receiver Bo Collins from St. John Bosco, the school of uh, current freshman DJ Uingalele uh, out, out here in Southern California. So uh, Stellato gives them a nice little piece there. Uh, he's really athletic, you know, just kind of seeing his film and, and trying to familiarize myself after he he pulled the trigger for Clemson. Uh, you just see the playmaking ability, just how electric he is in the open field. And when you you add him to a guy like Will Shipley, who also is known, you know, to to make defenders miss in the open field and kind of spread things out and be a, a deep threat when he has to be and create so many mis- mismatch uh, opportunities in, in in that second level of the defense. Uh, you kind of like what they're doing. And then Clemson going in the state of Florida. I mean, we were talking about this uh, off air a little bit. Uh, Clemson, like like the Georgias, right? The Alabamas, the LSUs, the schools like Ohio State, they're all going into the state of Florida and, and, and raiding per se. Yeah, I mean, they really are. And, you know, Florida, Florida State, Miami, they all try to get involved with, with Stellata, but he never really looked at any of those schools. I, I honestly don't even think he visited any of them. And uh, it, it is noteworthy what Clemson has done. I mean, they also got Marcus Tate. He's an offensive lineman in Broward County, kind of right down the road from where Stellato goes to school. So they got him. Then they got Cade Denhoff, who is a defensive end up in the central Florida area out of, out of Lakeland. But 
Uh, Clemson's pretty much getting what it wants in the Sunshine State. If you look even back to last cycle when they beat out the Florida Gators for five-star running back Demarcus uh, Bowman, so it's it's they 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 know how to build a championship roster, and it seems like uh, they like a lot of the guys down here. We're joined by Andrew Ivins. He covers recruiting in the Sunshine State. You can follow him on Twitter at Andrew underscore Ivins, I-V-I-N-S. Andrew, from a player that is leaving the state of Florida to one that is staying in the state of Florida, Omari and Cooper uh, from Lehigh Acres, Florida, a a four-star prospect in the composite, uh, commits to Florida State. And, you know, it gives the Seminoles a, a nice little victory as they continue to climb the charts in the team rankings. Yeah, this is a, a a nice get, I think, for Mike Norvell's staff. And I know you had Bud Elliott on 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 your on the on the podcast a, a few episodes ago, and he brought up the fact that Florida State's in a difficult spot right now. I mean, Mike Norvell, he's a first year head coach coming over from Memphis. Um, he was able to get a few kids on campus before that temporary dead period when it went into place, but there were, really wasn't a lot of them. So it's kind of hard for them to pick up commitments. But O'Marion Cooper is a guy who did visit, and he's one a prospect I think with a ton of upside. He's got like a seventy-six inch wingspan. Um, he's six feet, so he's got the plus reach. He's a longer type guy, and I think he's a developmental corner that you could eventually uh, someone you project to be a multi-year starter. So for them to go and get him. Um, just doing it all electronically via Zoom, FaceTime, and all that is is notable because there were some out-of-state schools that I know wanted him. I think like Texas was in there at one point, North Carolina. Um, so nice get, I think, for, for Norvell and his staff. Yeah, so Florida State number 22 right now in the team rankings according to the 24-7 sports composite. So they're, they're, on, they're on the up and up. They're trending upward. And, you know, it, it, I guess it's a little bit interesting because it comes on the heels of, of the Mike Norvell situation, right? And, and the, the, I guess the splash that Marvin Wilson made uh, when he called him out on, on social media, it seems like they hashed everything out. And from a recruiting standpoint, you wondered how could this affect Florida State moving forward? Uh, but they, they answered that call this weekend by getting a commitment right and it it, we didn't really know how that was going to play out and you know I think at some point Mike Norvell and and his coaches are going to have to have some not awkward conversations but people are going to ask about what Marvin Wilson said and and all of that um but you know for for them to pick up a commitment like literally three four days afterwards shows that maybe it's not as big of a deal as we had initially thought now I think you know, it's still some parents uh, of prospective student athletes might be a little hesitant, but it is promising if you're a, a Florida State fan that you actually saw someone commit to the class instead of, you know, maybe someone defect or, or decommit. Because I think a lot of us, when um, those those reports were making the rounds of the team meeting, and I know the guys at Knowles 247 did a great job of covering it, it seemed like it, it could be the, the end of the world for Florida State. And obviously it wasn't. They kind of clear things up but that that's definitely promising on the recruiting front we're joined by andrew ivins you can follow him on twitter at andrew underscore ivins ivins before we let you go we we do a thing here on the pod i'm sure you're familiar with it you've heard it we go inside the crystal ball with all of our recruiting analysts and recruiting experts to kind of go a little bit more in depth on a recent selection or a forecast or a vote or whatever you want to call it that we have put in in the 24 7 sports crystal ball 
you went big with with <laughs> you didn't even you you went big with the number one player in the 2022 class Shamar Stewart who you saw in that in that in that event that we just talked about that first workout that you were able to get out to uh, and you have him going to the LSU Tigers now it is a five on the one to ten confidence scale uh, but that's still pretty significant for Ed Orgeron and, and that staff. Right. I mean, look, they, they put in these confidence scores, uh, I think, in hopes of getting us to put in more crystal ball picks. So uh, when I talk to a kid and, and I get an LSU vibe from him and I talk to others inside of his camp, you know, why not put it in? It's, it, this is more of a projection um, for it's a temperature, right? We're, we're t- yeah, we're taking the temperature of the recruitment as it stands right now. Right, right, right. And for those unfamiliar with with Shamar, and I think that's probably a lot of recruiting fans out there, he's going to be a guy we're going to be talking about really for the next two years. I mean, he's the number one player we got right now ranked in the class of of 2022. Uh, He's a 6'5", 230-pound defensive lineman, moves like freaky kind of how he moves and flips his hips. He took a virtual visit, I think, to LSU. He said it was two or three weeks ago. Really likes Ed, or Ed Orgeron. Um, so I feel confident kind of forecasting now for, for LSU. And look, man, they just won a national championship. Um, they just had a ton of guys get drafted. And I think young recruits really notice that. Now, I don't think it's a this is recruitment's over. Um, Georgia is also in there. Ohio State, those are probably the two main contenders or, or competition for LSU at this point. And then you also got like Florida, Miami, and Penn State. They're also probably rounding out that top group. But um, LSU seems to be trending in, in the right direction. And if, if I was a defensive lineman, man, I, and Coach O was FaceTiming me, I think it would be pretty hard to say no. Yeah, there's no way you can ever blame a kid for leaving the state of Florida if LSU is come, come calling, especially along the defensive line, right? And especially given the fact that they're developing players, uh, a team that just won the national championship, and then Ed Orgeron's background as a defensive line coach and just the, what he brings out of his players, how he develops them. Uh, you would, uh, you know, I, I kind of like where you went there with that pick. <laughs> I, I like it. Uh, so that's Andrew Ivins bringing the goods. Andrew, thank you so much for joining us. Let's do it again soon. Yeah, absolutely, man. Andrew Ivins, you can follow him again on Twitter at Andrew underscore Ivins. Again, this is a reminder. We, we remind you every show, we are getting very, very close to a mailbag episode. So please, if you want to have your recruiting questions answered, please put them in a five-star Apple podcast review. The goal is to have enough of those questions for a full mailbag episode soon where you can ask Steve Wolfong a question, Greg Biggins, Andrew Ivins, any of these guys, anything you want, and, and we'll try our best to answer it for you here on this podcast again for steve wilfong and andrew ivins this is blurry and thank you so much for listening to the 24 7 sports football recruiting podcast